This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Sunday's 400 miles at the Tricky Triangle in Scanal Pocono. Sirius XM's Pete Pistoni is going to join today's show to discuss the dominance of NASCAR's Big Three and whether the playoffs have changed the sport for the worse. He's got a position on that. Plus, both of our drivers are in the simulator today, but there is a new twist that is going to test them. Hey, everybody, welcome into NASCAR America. Carol Amano, Parker Klugman, and Landon Castle. I am very excited to see you guys go over to the simulator. You're promising big things today, both of you? It's a unique concept that I uh, dreamed up one day, <laughs> and uh, we're going to see if it works out. I don't know. I'm nervous. And I'm nervous. This is my first time in the sim live on TV, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't wow. worry. Parker Good always crashes. You know what? The worst thing that happens yeah. is just the worst thing you're imagining. Yeah. You're okay. going to be completely fine based on what we've seen in the sim so far. Uh, let's start, though, with some breaking news. Uh, penalty news stemming from the race this weekend at Pocono. NASCAR handing down a level one penalty to the winning car of Saturday's Xfinity Series race. The Joe Gibbs Racing number 18 Toyota, which was driven by Kyle Busch, was docked 10 owner points for failing post-race inspection. Plus, crew chief Eric Phillips was suspended for one race and fined $10,000. The car was found to have height measurements outside of NASCAR's allowed tolerances. Kyle Busch learned about this and actually sounded off on social media. Here's what he had to say. He was rolling around on the floor laughing, apparently. He said, what a <laughs> Is that joke. How you say that? <laughs> apparently. He said, what a joke. Too high, question mark. That's a disadvantage, in case any of you were wondering. What is your reaction to that, Parker? Is that true? So, I don't fully agree with Kyle here because the fact is, that is not how the car was actually on the racetrack. A lot of times when you go through technical inspection, the car obviously raises up from where it was on the racetrack, and then it sort of settles out, and maybe the team tries to make things move around a little bit to make it go through tech the way they want. So it doesn't mean that it was too high in tech. That's exactly how it was on the racetrack when he was going around racing. So I don't agree with that. And the fact is, NASCAR puts a box out there, right? You have to race in that box. If you find yourself outside that box, that is a penalty. And that's just the state, that's the state of the sport. That's the current rules package. Everyone is racing with the same set of rules. And he won the race in a very dominating fashion. So I think it's, uh, you know, one of those things where they just did not play within the sandbox that NASCAR allows. Hey, Kyle, it doesn't matter. You broke the rule. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a disadvantage. And also for me, I'm the driver. I don't, you, you don't have much effect on that anyways. Yeah. That's just that's Eric Phillips, the crew chief, the leadership of that team to have everything in order. And uh, I guess he'll take his week off and move on. 
So that tweet came out on Sunday uh, prior to the penalty being announced. I'm not sure he would be laughing quite as hard if it was happening in the Cup Series. I know he's got a little bit more leverage in the Xfinity Series. Let's take a look at the Monster Energy Series playoff standings right now. He, of course, is in great shape. Six drivers virtually guaranteeing their place in the postseason at this point. Brad Keselowski currently best on points. He's in seventh. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. sitting on that bubble, up by nine points over Alex Bowman for the final playoff spot. So with Kyle Larson here and where he stands, and we've spent so much time this week talking about him already. You see him down there at the end in 10th position on the left side of your screen. If he wins at Michigan this weekend, which many people say he could do, he's done very well there, won the last three races. Does that put him in the big four? Maybe. Fringe. <laughs> you know, I, I think the the big thing for me would be to see a Chevy win right now on a downforce track. We know they've been the best Chevy. Uh, and I think it would be huge for that 42 team to get back in victory lane. He's obviously been able to really rally that 42 at times on his back and find ways to create speed. And he's obviously been great at Michigan. So all those things are great. But until you do this week after week, like we're seeing out of the 18, out of the four car, out of the 78 car, and, can, and on different varieties of tracks, go out there and lead a lot of laps and be the car to beat, then I just do not feel that that suddenly puts you in championship four conversation, right? I just don't think that that really puts you right away up against those top three because you're just not there yet. You know, this second place finish was a lot of Kyle Larson doing what Kyle Larson does best. He maximized restarts. He made speed in that car when there maybe wasn't as much speed in that car as he was able to find. Let me ask you this. Are, are we... Are we trying to pick four too soon? I think so. A little you bit. know what I mean? I mean, there are, <laughs> we, there are a lot of races left. We're we're hustling to Homestead, but yeah. the most important thing for me in terms of cementing Kyle Larson in that final in or in that big four is this Pocono Michigan performance because we've talked about how Pocono is a signifier of the best motors, the best downforce, the best speed. And Michigan is very similar in that respect. So if Kyle Larson finishes second at Pocono, whether it was on strategy or not, and goes to Michigan and has a big performance and wins, then it really just shows that that team does have the horsepower and the speed and that they, they have this new Chevy body figured out. And it would put him in, the, in my top four. I am interested in what's happening right now at Hendrick Motorsports because at the beginning of the year, we talked about them week in, week out, that they were not making a case for themselves in any way, shape, or fashion for being a playoff contender, but they seem to be banking on a pretty strong summer. And if you look, only two of Hendrick's four drivers currently in playoff position, Jimmy Johnson's in 13th, Chase Elliott's in 14th. But after Sunday's race at Pocono, Jimmy Johnson tweeted that he feels like they're in pretty good shape, um, that they're inching forward week after week. His eighth place finish on Sunday, the third top 10 in his last four races. And we've seen this out of Jimmy Johnson time and time again. He feels like slowly they're getting there. And then we talked about Chase Elliott a little bit yesterday on the show and that he's also really feeling like that was the best race of the year today. What is your assessment, Landon, of where Hendrick Motorsports is right now? Well, I think Hendrick Motorsports had such a struggle to start the season, and we're right now we're in a position where they're just looking for that speed. So where can that come from? Is it because the Chevy body is a struggle for them to start the season? Did they start to figure it out by getting through this new inspection system? It's a matter of what is that signifier that shows that they have the speed. For Chase Elliott to, to tell us after Pocono, this is our best run of the year. It was only 10th, but it was our best run of the year. 
I want to see the performance numbers that back that up. And that would be that new signifier for me on the side of Chase Elliott. I think you brought up a really good point there, and it was figuring out the new inspection system, the OSS, optical scanning system. Uh, you know, I think uh, some of these teams, especially Hendrick Motorsports going to the new Chevy body, was maybe caught off a little bit off guard with that and how they were able to maximize the things that they needed to do in that inspection system to make sure that their cars are producing the most downforce and they be able to, therefore, create the most speed. And so I think you're starting to see them figure those little things out. They're working working on that as well. And then as you, you've seen out of like even Alex Bowman there, you know, I think that he's had some impressive runs this season to be just a fringe on the outside of making the playoffs right now in that 88 car. I think it's him, it's Jimmy Johnson, it's Chase Elliott, it's even William Byron adding everything together, a culmination of the entire team and the, the engineers back at the shop to find the little issues, the little things that are holding them back and putting it all together on the racetrack as we saw these last two weeks. I would say... The Coca-Cola 600 plus this week were really indicative of them finding those little things they need because that 48 had speed, no doubt. Yeah, they definitely need to keep it going here at Michigan. You said something funny. Even William Byron. Yeah, well, he's, I, he's, I, he's, the, he's a the little bit out there. Well, the, the, no, but he got a mention over the weekend. You're like, yeah. oh, hey, there's William Byron. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But you, you said even William Byron, I'm assuming because of his age and the young driver. And we've talked about Hendrick's struggles as a team at the beginning of the season. Well, is it drivers or is it cars? Because the average age of drivers at Hendrick Motorsports this year is lower than we've ever seen in that organization. So they definitely have less experience, with the exception of Jimmy Johnson, than, than the company has ever had. And, well, I think just to, to, you know, to add to that, that's a very interesting stat. And I think some of why I mentioned that is also that this past weekend he had one of his more strongest runs that I've seen in this year thus far. So it's you, when you see all the drivers suddenly be a little bit higher up, see, you see a little bit more speed out of them, that tells me the cars are getting better, right? I don't, yeah. It doesn't matter who's in them. That tells me the cars are getting better. So this is the youngest group that they've had in a while, based on what we just showed you on the screen. Average age, 27. The veteran, though, Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time champ. If you look at what he did in the last seven races compared to the first seven races, you see a marketed difference here. And he's even... He's been very open and honest about this. Hey, we're finding it. We're trying. And we've seen this, you know, slow increase in, in speed and doing what they need to do. If there is going to be a Hendrick driver that actually gets a win sometime in the near future, is it going to be Jimmy Johnson or is it going to be one of the other younger drivers? Ooh, that's a, that's a very good question. I don't <laughs> it's, know. It's hard not to what say What does the crystal Jimmy ball Johnson. say? <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to say Jimmy Johnson, but I think Chase Elliott might be your first. If you want to take Jimmy Johnson out of it for a second because he is the seven-time champion, I, I do think that Chase Elliott will get that win first. He's been so close and he's had so many second-place finishes. He's, he's the closest guy in that group that hasn't won yet that has at least tasted victory or he's been he's been yeah. right on the edge. No doubt about Landon, that. Landon, I have been saying that for so long about <laughs> Chase Elliott. I'm serious. I mean, every well, week. Well, who has it? Every, I've been, I thought he was going to win many years I, ago. Right? Every <laughs> week, I, I really feel like, oh, he's right there, he's right there. What is stopping him from figuring out how to get it done? Well, I think the start of this season, you know, with the woes that we've seen out of Hendrick speed-wise, that has been obviously a detriment to him being able to get in victory lane. I think last year, if he could have continued on with the speed they had last year, he might have already found victory lane right now because they were so close to the end of last year and had been so close so many times throughout the season i'm gonna go with the wily old veteran though jimmy johnson and say <laughs> you know what i just believe that he is motivated that you know when i saw that run the coco 600 and i saw the speed he had this past sunday i think that he's going to be their first car to get in victory lane and when he does that is going to prove to those other drivers all right we have the winning speed we know we all look up to jimmy johnson anyway now we know 
what our cars are capable of, we can go get it done. You do have to give William Byron, though, Landon, some credit, given his level of inexperience. He's a humble kid, a quiet kid. He's very young, and he has now found himself to be running up front, especially at Pocono, with some of these drivers who have been doing it for a very long time, like Jimmy Johnson. How impressive is that? He hasn't done this that much. No, it's very impressive. I mean, we looked uh, a few weeks ago at Texas before we talked, we were talking about a Hendrick Motorsports uptick in performance, and William Byron started towards the back of the pack and had a top 10 finish at Texas. A tough racetrack for a rookie driver where you have to use a lot of brake on one end, carry a lot of speed on the other. He did a phenomenal job there. So I'm still kind of in that Chase Elliott boat. I think he might get that first win. Hey, he's getting the extra reps, too, running the for GMS on the That's right. He side. is, actually. Good, that might good be point. worth something yeah. to him. That might give him a chance and, and close the deal. That is a good, right. really good point, and I'd say, uh, you know, we'll see who... Who wins that <laughs> yeah. argument here between the two of us? All right. All right. We'll keep you posted on it. Um, coming up, how did the drivers and the crew chiefs and the spotters take on the challenges of Pocono Raceway? We're going to listen in in Scan All Pocono. That's coming up next on NASCAR America. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back. The Washington Capitals are now one win away from the franchise's first Stanley Cup thanks to a 6-2 win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Will the Caps lift the cup in Game 5? Our coverage begins Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern with NHL Live right here on NBCSN. And adding some star power to last night's game was Dale Earnhardt Jr., who was in Washington, D.C. for the festivities. How exhilarating is it? Being in a NASCAR, going at that speed, going with all those guys around you. You're getting ready to find out. Am I right? You're uh, I'm very anxious. Yes, we make JR do some crazy stuff on this show. He's going to race in a race car in Las Vegas. Right. So it's very hot. You know, it's about 110, 120 degrees inside the car. So make sure you hydrate. Uh, you're going to be in Vegas. It's hard to stay hydrated. I need to, I need to lose a few pounds anyway. Town. It's okay. I need to lose a few pounds. And he doesn't have trouble hydrating in Vegas. That's right. So. Remember that part. It's going to be really, really loud. And the first time you go down the back straightaway and you look into turn three in that banking in that corner, and you're going to think, how's this car not going to fly out of the racetrack? Junior and JR, I love it. we got to get JR to the Big Oak table in Charlotte. I think that would be a really fun show. Tomorrow marking the return of Wednesdays with Dale Jr. It's one hour each Wednesday. In case you haven't seen it yet, you always learn something new. It's really cool. Um, that is tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern right here and one of the highlights of junior's career was his sweep of pocono back in 2014 and this past sunday it was another junior making headlines at the tricky triangle so let's look back at a statement win for martin truex jr in today's scan all pocono getting ready for the pocono 400 on a sunday afternoon all right ready great 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 Oh, they're holding us up. 
Blood of get the out of the way. I had to talk with a 99 spotter, man. I don't even know who 99 is. It's Derek Cole. Bubba Wallace has an issue. Shattered up, you okay? Uh, stop blowing it up. Careful, hold your line here, hold your line, hold your line. Go ahead, stay low. I didn't see him. Holy Sorry, man, I did not see that. All clear. You confident he blew it up? Do we need to look at it or just to the garage? Oh, uh, no, she's killed. She's done. We'll change helmets when you get here. Point the net down. Radio check, check, radio check. 10 we got you. Derek Hope, I come to the rescue right here. Derek Hope, oh! He's spun you right there. How hard you hit him there? My nose should be fine. I barely got him. I probably should have gave him the outside. That's why I said I was going to go to the outside. You said go low. Just let me make the decision on that, okay? Yeah, 10 literally his spotter came to me and said, keep it on the bottom. We're going to go by on the top. Well, that's all right. He just wanted to caution her or whatever. 32 is leaking oil bad. Down to pull off. Oh, my freight pedal. It's straight to the floor going into the tunnel for some reason. Wrecking ahead. Wrecking ahead. Six. Denny Hamlet gets up into Alex Bowman. Hamlet spins. Toes killed. The 11 just got loose under us. Yeah, 10 4. We got 10 laps to go. Just limp at home. Open leaking oil. Turn it off. Turn it off. We're done. Bet he never should have put his back there. That's his fault. Green, green, green. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Eric Jones gets turned sideways down across traffic. Hell of a 22 to it. Oh, he and Joey Logano got together on that restart. My fault. No, I'm sorry. I had a run and I went to the bottom and then he went to back to the top and it's like I caught him. My fault. There will be seven laps to go. Here's a green flag. You're clear. Clear. you go, bro. You're clear. You're clear. He's on your bumper now. Larson tried the bottom, blocked by Truex. He's trying. Yeah. Martin Truex pulling out to a comfortable lead once again. Martin Truex Jr. wins the Pocono 400. Hell yeah, boy! Hell yeah, man! Holy cow! Back, baby! We're back! Landon, I bet you learned a bunch of stuff because you were in the race. I'm sure you saw a bunch of stuff that you hadn't heard before. Yeah, this is the, I get to see this in real time. A helmet change in a pit stop. Pretty I, impressive. I have changed a shifter before where they gave me the tools and I did it under caution, but I've never changed a helmet in the middle of a race. You know what? I've got a question for you. Why, as drivers, do we always think that the spotter has all the answers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I think it was a common theme in there. Like, what was he doing? Why was he doing that? Go ask that? his spotter. Yeah, go ask his, his spotter. Will know the answer right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. they're not in the car. I don't know why we always have that feeling, yeah. that impression that they're going to be like, yeah. They, you know what happened was he was uh, he was trying to go in that corner a little further, and uh, you know he downshifted and blah blah blah. I mean, yeah. just, just they, don't, they have no idea. Yeah. For some I, reason it makes us feel better. I think I have crew chiefs sometimes that will like they'll say, hey, go down to his spotter, and, and I'm like, I don't need you to start any drama with anybody's spotters. <laughs> yeah. Just let me handle this. I'm driving the car. I don't need you making yeah. anybody's spotters mad. Landed the pacifist. <laughs> yeah. Just let I'm just me like, do my job. Alone let me drive my car. Yeah, that's the best part. It's like, wait a second. I need you to help me actually, you know, see things around my car. Like, <laughs> right? don't, don't do that. No. What are yeah. you doing? No politicking in the middle of a race. The scandal always, though, highlights the biggest stars, of course, and sometimes, you know, not. But one of the things we're doing that's new on the show is I know that it's very important to you guys to highlight the back half of the field as well. So for you, who are the winners back there that didn't necessarily end up in victory lane? Landon, you want to go first? I liked Chris Buescher. I think he's – I like JTG. I like Chris Busher. That's a team that the sponsorship on that car is, a, with Kroger support, legitimate, really good deal, good support for that team. You're not looking at some owner that has leveraging his business. I mean, this is – Tadga Schechter has – 
put blood, sweat, and tears into that organization for multiple decades to fund this race team and to get it to the competitive level that it's at. And so they're just another step of, of manufacturer support away from being a race-winning organization. So anytime A.J. Allmendinger or Chris Buescher put themselves in the top 15 or the top 20, I know Chris was really close to it on Sunday, uh, that I'm always rooting for that group. That's a great pick. And mine this week, though, is a team that you've had a little experience with. And actually, last week, his teammate was one of our winners, and that is David Reagan. I think that they had a great run in that car. And really, for this team, and you know this and can maybe speak more to this, you know, for many years, it was about finishing top 30 for Front Row Motorsports. And then at the beginning of this year, uh, Bob Jenkins and Jerry Fries talked about this on NASCAR, uh, on Nate Ryan's NASCAR and NBC podcast, about how they invested a little bit more into the team and how they decided, you know, we want to take that next step and try and take the next step into the top 25 in points and to go out there and finish 16th like he did. I mean, that's an incredible run for that race team and David Reagan and just overall for the, all the things that they're doing, how they're, they're aligning a little bit closer to Roush Fenway Racing. It's just a culmination of all those things coming together to allow them to go to a place like Pocono, which you and I have talked about really dependent on your equipment and it really shows what your equipment has and to go out there and finish as well as he did yeah let, let me tell you something about front row motorsports i drove for them in 2016 and 2017 but in 2012 i got offered a deal with front row before i went to bk racing and the deal was we don't have any sponsorship on the car we need you to start and park this car <laughs> this is how this is that was where yeah. the team was at at the yeah. time they they were buying just enough tires they had an engine program that could get us through parts of the race and pick out full races that we were going to run at some point in that season as a way to build that program up the when i got to come back around again in 2016 and actually do a deal with front row um, it was this technical alliance with roush fenway it was ford support it was building up and each year since then has been a constant progress for them so yeah absolutely a good run for that for that group why is this so important to you guys i mean you're sharing personal stories about what these drivers and these organizations mean to you but you are so passionate you think this is something that the fans want well and it's it comes down to a pretty simple situation which within our sport is different than any other sport you know a lot of times in football or baseball you see two teams go versus each other and a lot of times an underdog team might beat the top team in the sport and you see it because it's a win column right but in our sport everyone competes at the same time. So you have to sift through the results to see the other winners in the field. And that's where you find results like Chris Buescher or David Reagan at times. And that's that's why we need to look through there and say, you know what, that's a really good run for that team. That's a win for them because it's going and overachieving, beating cars that have far vastly higher budgets than them, cars that have far more manufacturer support than them, and going out there and getting those finishes need to be rewarded and need to be shown. And I think a lot of fans out there respect what those teams are doing week in, week out, and don't always get the chance to see that it's actually happening or get it pointed out to them. Yeah, I'm, like I look at the JTG side of things, and one of the reasons that I'm so attracted to that organization is – they're, the drivers and the whole team have to do so much more work than some other people with the with bigger contracts and bigger um, companies. You know, Chris Buescher not only is he having to spend extra time or this or a ton of time with his team to to get the cars where they need to get them, he's got to do more work for his sponsors than most of the drivers. <laughs> that is it, very true. More <laughs> appearances. This is stuff that I've experienced driving for these teams because that every dollar that that team brings in is probably harder earned than some of the other teams so when i see someone like tad geschechter as a car owner who is like i said he's not just some guy that is in it for a hobby this is his livelihood as an owner and he pours his heart and soul into this organization to take care of the companies that sponsor their teams to take care of the drivers and crew chiefs and to manage a 
a high-level sports franchise. Yeah, I well love said. that we've been highlighting the back half of the field. And just want to remind you, this is something new that we're trying. So hit Parker on Twitter or Please hit do. Landon on Twitter as well. If you have questions or you want to highlight certain drivers or you want to call this segment something special, we haven't yeah, even we don't have a name for it. We don't it. call it yet. Um, hit us on Twitter so that we can make sure we keep doing it if it's something that you're interested in. Uh, normally, we have one driver, Parker Kligerman, get into the simulator to show us what the deal is. But today... We've got a bonus driver. Landon is getting in our sim. <laughs> it is a sim spectacular <laughs> underway when NASCAR America returns. Welcome back. 72 of the world's best MMA fighters are ready to battle for their share of $10 million. The Professional Fighters League debuts live from New York City. That's Thursday night at 9 Eastern here on NBCSN. Well, in the last hour, in case you're just joining us, NASCAR handed down a level one penalty to the winning car of Saturday's Xfinity Series race. The Joe Gibbs Racing number 18 Toyota, driven by Kyle Busch, was docked 10 owner points for failing post-race inspection. Plus, crew chief Eric Phillips suspended for one race and fined 10 grand. The car was found of height measurements that were outside of NASCAR's allowed tolerances. ESPN's Bob Pockris has reported as well that the team will not appeal the penalty. Meantime, on this day in NASCAR history, June 5, 1988, Bill Elliott overcame a flat tire that put him nearly two laps down to earn a dominant victory at Dover. After making a pit stop to repair the issue, Elliott chased down race leader Morgan Shepard, passing him for good with 39 laps to go. The Hall of Famer would win the series championship a little later on that year. And one of Elliott's most impressive records is his four consecutive wins at Michigan during the mid-80s. No driver has come close to matching that feat until now. Kyle Larson looking to take his place alongside the NASCAR Hall of Famer. We think Slick take a pre-wide on the outside and run. running a few options to my head right now. Larson knows what he is doing at Michigan. Uh, not so sure Parker and Landon do. We're going to check. We're going to have some fun with them in the simulator now. Here's what the deal is. Three laps around Michigan while also asking them rapid-fire questions. Sports, pop culture, Michigan history is on the table, and each correct answer earns them a tenth of a second off of their total lap time. So this could be fun. This could be pure chaos. Either way, we're about to find out. Guys, take it away. All right, getting a wide entry here. Are you trying to get a big run down the straightaway? I think your, your comments on my driving are going to be harder <laughs> than the questions themselves here. I think this is almost cheating, trying to get that run down the straightaway. All right, we're coming at the same here. opportunity. Probably. All right, here we go. And green. This NASCAR Hall of Famer leads all drivers with nine career wins at Michigan. Who is it? Mark Martin? No. Which Capitals player currently leads the NHL with 14 goals this postseason? I have... Zero clue. <laughs> I wouldn't get that one either. Now, Sylvester, name the two teams currently playing in the NBA Finals. Cleveland Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors. Wow, well done. There we go. Which team won the World Series in Major League Baseball last year? Uh, Cubs. No. Nah, not Was that two years ago? No. Uh, Which NFL team has won the most Super Bowls? The Patriots? Nope. Wrong. All right, now we're on to other ones. What movie won Best Picture for 1989? Hang on a second, Parker. Look at that lap time. Oh, that is fast. What was the question? 
What movie won Best Picture for 1989? Oh, man, I don't know. He would never get it. Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> what is the name of Cole Trickle's crew chief in Days of Thunder? Harry Hogg. Well done. What rap artist currently has the top song in iTunes right now? You know this. <laughs> um, Kanye West. Well done. What is the name of Kanye West and Kim Kardashian's youngest child? Youngest. Ah! It has nothing to do with what it's, we're doing. It's not... It's not North, it's... Ah, we're on to the next set of uh, questions. Which U.S. president played college football at Michigan? <laughs> These are what hard. Year? What year? <laughs> I'm not going there. What city is the capital of Michigan? Oh, oh he's getting loose. No, 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 no. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> Which famous music label was founded in Detroit? Uh, eight Mile. Nope. That was, I would have did six. I have degraded Mo Motown. in my performance. Oh, look at this. Your laptop is terrible. Michigan is, the, which, Michigan is the country's biggest producer of which fruit? Fruit? Yeah. Who picked these questions? <laughs> and that's it. Wow, you slowed down almost, what is that, six times? Half a second, yeah. Yeah, half a second. <laughs> well, Carolyn, uh, I guess it's my chance next. And we'll see later in the show if I can uh, beat that impressive performance by Landon. Oh, man, nowhere to go but up, I'm afraid. Look at those lap times. All right, so Parker's going to get his shot in a second, but coming up next, Pete Pistoni of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio joining the show to discuss NASCAR's version of the Big Three, who could potentially join them in that championship conversation, that and much more ahead. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for 20,000 miles, and by Duluth Trading, tough, ingenious workwear designed and tested by tradesmen. My experience on social media. Are you saying my experience is different it's than yours? It's okay. He comes in the window and he's like, uh, good job, you know, proud of you. Uh, you're going to have to ride home with the team. <laughs> Get out of here. I've gotten a bunch of them books you're talking about. It's not important if you didn't read any of those, right? I mean, it's two weeks and, and I haven't read one book. <laughs> Once we went to that big, long, dry spell, we made it a point to really celebrate hard each and every win. We even celebrated a third place finish. Don't ever think you're getting carried away. We're yeah. celebrating top fives. Yeah, that's, right. that's when you might want to start asking some questions. <laughs> it's the return of Wednesdays with Dale Jr. tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern right here on NBCSN. One hour every Wednesday full of stories from Jr. and also some candid conversation on the sport's biggest topics. Those are topics that often get hit on during the morning drive, which you can hear weekdays at 7 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. That is Channel 90. And one of the show's hosts, Pete Pistoni, joining us once again. Pete, good to see you. We have been talking a lot about the big three, which now includes Martin Truex Jr., according to many people, after a big win at Pocono. Which driver in your mind completes the big four at this point? You know, Carolyn, it's a little bit up in the air, but I, I got to go by the man who finished second last week at Pocono and Kyle Larson. And a lot of the discussion around Kyle Larson this year has been around the Chevrolet camp and Camaro and how long will it take that manufacturer to get up to speed of the other two. But I think what you've seen out of Kyle Larson, you can put all that aside. I think he's right there. And quite frankly, we're going to attract this weekend in Michigan 
where he has won the last three races in a row, he could solidify that spot as one of the drivers in the top four, I think, this weekend. Pete, I think that was the easy choice because of how well he ran at Pocono. But the one you're not looking at is someone I've had my eye on, and that is the two-car of Brad Keselowski, mostly because of what you saw he and Paul Wolf do this past weekend using strategy to garner that top five with a car that definitely wasn't one of the fastest. They were in the championship four last year. Has anyone been talking about Brad? You've been hearing from some of the fans out there? Well, you know, it's funny because you hit on what the fans have been saying. Yeah, Brad's always in the top five, but Brad, for whatever reason, and you could probably make a dotted line to his teammate, Joey Logano, there at Team Penske, Parker. They're trying to find speed. Strategy is one thing, and, and you're right. Paul Wolf is one of those crew chiefs that always thinks out of the box, but I think they need to find that next gear, and if they do, then I think you're going to see Brad Keselowski maybe make a move toward the big three. But right now, I would still put Larson ahead of Brad Keselowski, at least going to Michigan this weekend. So, Pete, I think that's the general consensus from a lot of people anyway, is that Kyle Larson is the driver that a lot of people are saying belongs in that category. I'm just wondering if one win, a signature win at Michigan, like you're talking about, is enough to cement anybody in that fourth spot when you've got three other drivers with multiple wins and two of those three with a handful of wins. And you said on the show last week that you think Harvick and Kyle Busch could amass double-digit wins. Is one signature win enough? I don't think it's enough, but it, well, it's a starting point anyway, Carolyn, the way those guys are going. I think you need some sustainability. I think you're exactly right about that. Uh, but if you look at Larson, for sure, they found some speed there at Chip Ganassi Racing. I mean, even his teammate, Jamie McMurray, has been qualifying better. Jamie Mack doesn't have the finishes that Kyle does. But I think you make a good point. I think you get, if you can get a win this weekend, that puts him in the conversation. But you need some sustainability. You need to see him go back out there after the off weekend, maybe at Sonoma, maybe at Daytona, maybe at Chicagoland speedway to stay up in that universe where those other three guys are right and uh, you know one th big topic and a topic i've had a lot of conversations with people about is the fact of obviously the xfinity series is running that package they ran last week at pocono at michigan we saw the cup cars use it at the all-star race and you know the discussion has been all right where do the cup cars use it next right and we heard steve o'donnell say that most likely it will not be used in the playoffs what are you hearing from the fans out there about this all-star package and where they want to see it well, PK, if the fans had their way, we would have used it the next week in the Coca-Cola 600 <laughs> after what they saw in the All-Star race. Uh, I think everybody took a little measured approach, but I find it's fascinating because initially we were told by Steve O'Donnell, by the teams, listen, we have budgets in place to make this change would be too extreme right now. Let's just back burner this and see what we learned, and then we'll go from there. Well, now... As you said, we're hearing it could be up to as many as three races here. And I'm hearing when we go back to Pocono, when we go back to Michigan, and maybe that regular season finale to Indianapolis, those are the three that I'm hearing are on the radar right now. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see if NASCAR makes that move and what the rules package does to those three races. Because you guys know, those are three really important races, including the last one of the regular season at Indy, because that's going to determine who goes on to race in the playoffs. No doubt about that. Did you have any fans that watched this past weekend, though, with obviously the, the regular rules package that said, you know what, I want that. I want what we saw this past weekend over the All-Star package. Yeah, no, none of that. And then obviously you can juxtapose what we saw Saturday in the Xfinity Series race where there were such high hopes that maybe we would get what we got at Indy last year with the Xfinity Series. That didn't happen. So I think what we're going to see Saturday at Michigan with that package on the Xfinity Series cars, whereas they're going to they're be going a lot faster. You know, the speed will be in, in no short supply. 
that to me, I think the fans are really looking forward to Saturday's races. Maybe that's the next jumping off point for the Cup Series rules package. So, Pete, we've heard Steve O'Donnell say, like Parker just mentioned, that, and that's NASCAR's executive vice president, by the way, in case you're at home and that name doesn't ring a bell, that this package is not going to be used in the postseason. Your overall thoughts, I know this was a topic on your show recently that got fans a little bit riled up. How do you think the current playoff format has affected the sport in any way when you look at this postseason and how much excitement it's brought to the table? You know, Carolyn, it's interesting because we had a conversation, as you said, on the morning drive and on the channel, actually, that started this morning from some fans who feel like we have such now sort of an, an inversion. Of, we talk about the championship literally from the start of the year. When you win the Daytona 500 because of this win and you're in format, you're automatically talking about the playoffs. Now, you've got playoff points and stage points and all that that was added last year. That's made it different. But some fans feel like back in the day, it used to be just a big deal to say, hey, I'm going to go to Dover in the spring because that's the race I want to see. And the guy that wins that race, it's really important because he gets the trophy. I don't want to hear about playoffs and all that kind of a thing. And to feel, some of them feel like we've taken out some of those unique elements of the individuality of the races in the regular season before we get to the playoffs in September. You know what? That's interesting. I feel like, well, I feel like Kyle Petty right now because I'm going to disagree with the fans real quick and say, <laughs> all right, look, yeah, we've changed the rules package, but wins still matter. I can tell you as a driver, I want to win every race I enter. There's no nothing that ever says, you know, I want to finish second. That's what I want to do today. So I, I don't quite agree that. Is there anything you've heard that says, all right, we can bring back the importance of a win to, so that the fans feel like every win matters more or individual wins matter as much as winning a championship? I just personally don't agree with that. But is there anything you've heard? I think it's what you said, Parker. I think there's still a, an element out there that says, you know what, a win is important. And, and the more wins you get, the better off you're going to be in the playoffs. I think part of it is just all of us, sort of how we've been conditioned with this. We're in the baseball season right now. Are we talking about who's going to be in the playoffs at this time of the year? A little bit, but not as much as we do in NASCAR racing. We're really at the beginning of the year. We're talking about playoffs. But I agree with you. I don't think it's taken away the element of you guys behind the wheel that want to win races. And guess what? The more you win, the better off you're going to be when the playoffs roll around anyway. Exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Plenty more of this to come on the show later on this week, I'm sure. Pete, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it, as always. Always fun. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Coming up, part two of our Sim Spectacular. Parker, are you going to uh, keep your cool in the simulator? Uh, I'm a little you gonna, nervous, uh, but i got to live up to it's my simulator, so i got to hold them off. <laughs> it's your simulator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, in fact. Oh, no pressure. All right, Parker's jumping in when we come back. Stay with us. Don't forget, tomorrow it is the return of Wednesdays with Dale Jr. Paternity leave is over. He is back to work. Jr. is going to be joined by Rutledge Wood and Dale Jarrett. Oh, my goodness, what a show. That's tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. That brings us to our social pit stop of the day. And we start with this young boy. His name is James. He gave a score report on his hero, and it was Hall of Fame driver Dale Earnhardt. He even went the extra mile. He dressed the part. I love the fire suit. I love the open face helmet, and I especially love the mustache. Well done. Um, how cool is this, by the way? We want to congratulate Dale Jarrett's son and Baltimore Orioles prospect Zach. He was selected as an all-star in the South Atlantic League. The all-star game is going to be played Tuesday, June 19th in Greensboro, North Carolina. So congratulations to Zach Jarrett for that. Landon was pretty impressive in the Sims, so now it is Parker's turn to give it a shot. And Landon, why don't you talk a little bit of trash here? Let's get things going. 
Parker, you you know what I did. Yeah. I got three right. Yeah. I'm, you getting that big run coming to the green? I am, and I am more nervous than I've ever been in a race car Do you right remember now. what my top speed was going into turn one? So I don't remember that, it? but I should have taken notes. Gonna... <laughs> All right, are you ready? Go. All right, question number one. Scott Dixon tied this driver for third place on any car wins list with his victory in Detroit on Saturday. Allenster Jr. No. <sighs> Which team has won the most Stanley Cup Stanley Cup finals in NHL history? Rangers. Nope. Ah. <laughs> Which school won the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship this year? Uh, UNC Charlotte. Or UNC. UNC Charlotte. UNC. UNC. UNC or something. You're still wrong. Ah. <laughs> this team snapped a 108-year drought to win the World Series in 2016. Uh, the Cubs. This backup quarterback led the Eagles to win the Super Bowl 52 this year. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Darn, I don't know. I backup can't quarterback. I know. And you're done. Next lap. What movie won Best Picture of the Year for 1990? Uh, uh, Dancing Wolves. Wow. Parker, that was the year you were born. Who won yep. and then lost the Grammy Award for the Best New Artist in 1990? Uh, I don't know. Next. <laughs> what show did Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie star in? Uh, the Life of Paris, right? Or something like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who did Meghan Markle just marry? Uh, Prince Harry. Nice. What country is the World Cup being played this summer? Uh, Russia. Wow. Yes. Hide me for questions. And we still got to wait till the next lap. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got them done quicker. I'm winning. <laughs> Get ready. Well, let's see if how the lap time is good. How many inland lakes does Michigan have? Uh, oh, wow. I don't know. A million. <laughs> <laughs> what is a common nickname for Michigan? Uh, the Mitten. I don't know. No. Is it a mitten? <laughs> Who started the first automotive assembly line in Detroit back in 1913? Henry Ford. Wow, good one. Which breakfast cereal giant is based in Battle Creek, Michigan? Uh, General Mills. Nope. Oh. During the 1980s, what nickname did NBA's Detroit Pistons earn? Oh, I, uh, the best basketball team ever. <laughs> no, but let's see this coming off a turn four. Your last lap was a 38-25. Yeah, and your last one was a 38-66. Did I beat it? I think we got the same yes. kind of question. What was your first lap? Uh, it was a t it was like two tenths off. So this is close. Wow, this, this is going to be so really close. close. Coming right down to it. <laughs> we each got the same amount of questions right, though, right? Well, I think I got four. You got four. Okay, yeah. so you got an extra tenth on me. Yes. Oh man. We'll see if the speed on the racetrack makes up for the extra question. Dances with Wolves. Wow. That's all I've got to say. We are going to tally up those results next. We're going to officially declare a winner. And then I guess we're going to talk some trash if we even can. But coming up next, we're going to look ahead to the weekend. Kyle Larson looking for four in a row at Michigan. But who can play spoiler? We're going to discuss when we come back. Stay with us. Make sure you're with us this weekend, Justified, trying to win the 150th running of the Belmont Stakes and take home the most elusive trophy in all of sports is the race for the Triple Crown. We're going to get it going Saturday at 4 Eastern on NBC as part of NBC Sports Champion Season, presented by Canada Dry. I cannot wait for it, and I hope you watch. Uh, Justified, looking to win a Triple Crown. We, too, are battling for something that's reserved for only the most elite, the NASCAR <laughs> America Fantasy League, entering its final two races. And Dustin Long continues to lead the NASCAR on NBC broadcasters. Look at this laundry list wow. of, bad, on the page. of yeah. bad boys behind <laughs> him. We got Snyder, wall. Diffie, Rick Allen. Okay, so the three of us aren't on there at all. Can we no. see where we... Oh, oh man. Okay. 
Um, 900. We're tied. We're tied. We're tied. What? Landon, what in the? This, <laughs> well, this? first of all, it's because I'm, I've been in the races, so I can't move my garage driver out. Whoa, that's, that's his excuse. That's like excuse. a lot of I'm excuses. very defensive about it. I, I am this so excited to be tied together. with Parker because he talks so much trash when we started this thing. And honestly, yeah. when I checked and saw that I cracked into like the first 1,000 people, I was like, yes, sign me up. Let's go. I am pumped I, about that. I need to read more Roto World. That's what yeah, this proves. You because do. somehow you have caught up to me. Yeah, you or have we to, spend too much time together. People at Just home, one of the two. we don't spend any time together. At home, go to Roto World. You can get knowledge, all the other things you need that Parker desperately needs. I need all those I'm things. I'm the one that needs and it. I'm the one that needs it. You, you need more help than they can <laughs> yeah, give. Okay. Landon, you're not even worthy of being <laughs> a part know. of this conversation right now. That is really abysmal. Uh, <sighs> let's reveal the results Ooh. of your head-to-head in the simulator. Hey, by the way, um, speaking yep. of things that are embarrassing, oh. do you want another crack at the national championship? Do you want to rethink UNC <laughs> Charlotte at all? Do you want to go down like a Villanova road? Uh, I have the question uh, right here, Parker. Do you I want me to still don't it know, to be honest. <laughs> was, I just know it's not UNC Charlotte. That was insane. So for every question that they got right in the sim, we took a tenth of a second off their total times over three laps. Parker, remarkably, wow. remarkably, you won the first edition of the Sim Spectacular. That is, you know what? It feels a little bit hollow because it is my sim and I have more time in it. But you know what? That's actually two for two for me because little known fact, I beat you in the Coca-Cola 600 the other week as well. Oh, that is tough. So. I did have the faster lap time. You and did, you have been yes. scratching your head for the for a while now of uh, how did I go that fast? I have been wondering that. But you know what? I did get the trivia side, which means maybe I just spend too much time in bars at trivia night. You were I kind of looking at your phone between segments. I was this I can't go down this rabbit hole. I can't go down this rabbit hole with you two. Do you both want to offer a final thought on Michigan? You think Kyle Larson's going to get four straight here or are we looking at somebody else? I do not think he will. I believe that it will be someone else. And maybe even someone that surprises like an Eric Jones. We've seen Chase Elliott run up front there. Hedrick Motorsports turning things around. I don't know. I think it could be someone else. I, I, I always am uh, cautious when you have a driver like this that's been so successful at one racetrack to then say it's just going to continue. Kyle Larson, he's going on my fantasy team. Oh, I'm picking yeah, a Chevy for the, for the winning manufacturer. Michigan's a fast racetrack. you got to carry a lot of throttle, and that's something that Kyle and Larson knows how to do. Wait, hold on. Let me write down everything you're going to yep. put on your fantasy. Team. <laughs> yeah, I can the choose opposite. the opposite. <laughs> I am not going to choose Chevy as my manufacturer. I might put Kyle Larson in the garage. I mean, give us a break here with your fantasy <laughs> guidance. I want to see four in a row. I like dominance. I like seeing somebody, you know, rise to the top, and Kyle but Larson can do it. in all seriousness, based on his past record, just quickly, you can't count Kyle Larson no, out. No, you, you, I'm not counting him out. I just, I'm always worried when you have someone that's going for some sort of record to tie record. There's a bit of pressure on that and it gets put on them. Alright, feels like Kyle Larson perform. loves pressure. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget, it is the return tomorrow of Wednesdays. Dale Jr. alongside Dale Jarrett, Rutledge Wood, Big Oak Table, those three together. It's going to be a wild scene. 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you then. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.